0: You are listening to episode 91 of the Master Your Mind, Business, and Life podcast. It has been a hot minute since we've had a conversation that falls directly in the business category, but it is that time of year, my friends, good old tax time. This week's guest is Alexis Christina, and she is here to drop some accounting tips, tricks, and leveling up ideas that will help your business thrive. Alexis is a CPA and the founder of Advanced Accounting LLC and the creator of Boss Lady Academy. I am so pumped to share this conversation with you because Alexis made accounting seem way too easy and that's not a bad thing by any means. This week's episode is sponsored by the Spiritual Seekers Affirmation Deck. This is a new affirmation deck that I've designed and create it as a tool with the intention for collective healing and awakening. These can absolutely be used as oracle cards as well. They're about three and a half inches by three and a half inches and have rounded edges, and they're made in the USA. When you pre-order this deck, you will receive free shipping. Plus, you'll be the first to know about another project I am working on. For pre-orders, visit LaurenSmithbiz.com and scroll down until you see the pre-order portion. Okay. Are you ready to meet Alexis and master the world of accounting? You know what to do. Tune in. Turn it up. Let's go. You're listening to Master Your Mind, Business,
1: and Life. Conversations with everyday world shifters, truth seekers, and rule breakers. Here's your host, Lauren Smith.
0: Hey, everyone. It's Lauren Smith. Welcome back to another episode. Today, I am joined by Alexis Christina. Alexis is a CPA, the founder of Advanced Accounting, LLC, and the creator of Boss Lady Academy. She is dedicated to helping fast-growing businesses as well as startups maximize their business profits. Alexis, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I have to say that accounting has always been my biggest pain point in business. It's like an uncharted territory that I knew nothing about when becoming an entrepreneur, but it's certainly a critical component. So before I hit you with a bunch of questions, tell us a little bit about yourself and what led you to this point in life.
1: Sure. So I had my bachelor's and master's in accounting. And then I did the whole corporate life. Um, Although I only ever worked for small businesses. So I never worked for like a giant, like I never had a cubicle. It was always like a small office. (laughs) Um, And I loved that because I kind of feel, and and this is totally like a generalization, which I shouldn't do, but I feel like small businesses are just I don't know, more like personalized. You know? Oh, You're know, not sure. like a number. You're like a person and everybody cares about you and you care about everybody. And it's just a nice like, family environment. So I loved working with small businesses. And then I started working from home as a controller for a website security company based out in California. And I'm in Florida. So that was... Um, A really fun way to kind of learn the whole remote online space and then from there they got acquired so and as the controller I'm one of the first people to know and I kind of knew that I had to make a decision of like do I want to work for this bigger company that you know acquired the smaller company I was working for I might have to relocate across the country if I did want to do that. And I kind of took the opportunity to be like, you know what? I am going to follow my lifelong dream of being an entrepreneur and help other entrepreneurs in accounting. And so that's what I did.
0: I love that. And I love that you just stay true to yourself in the moment where you had to make a judgment call of, of where your life could go next.
1: Yes, exactly. And it was like really difficult. I started actually, um, I got my CPA license during that time. It was a transitional time of about two years of the company getting acquired and everything getting integrated and stuff. So it was definitely a long time and my workload kind of was like less and less and less. So I was like, well, I'm going to get my CPA license. So I did that. And then once I got my CPA license, I was like, all right, I'm going out on my own. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, as as
0: well as anyone, that there becomes this point in time where you kind of take your hobby or your side hustle, and then you have to make it an official business. So when does that actually happen? Is there a dollar amount attached to this from an accounting standpoint?
1: Uh, one cent. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah. Even if you are doing a side hustle, even if you consider yourself a freelancer, you definitely want to treat your side hustle as a business from day one, even before you start making money. Once you start investing in things, that's ultimately, it is a business. You know, To mm-hmm. the IRS and to the state, it's a business. They don't care if you're outside selling lemonade for 50 cents. Right. Um, it's a business. So you do need to register with the state. um, And each state is different. And so that's like a whole other rabbit hole. But um, yeah, and then and then when you start talking about the IRS, there is the difference between a hobby and a business. But the only difference is that if you have a hobby, you're not allowed to have deductions that are above your income. So you basically will just be allowed to break even. Whereas Mm. if you have a you know, business, um, then, then you would be able to deduct a loss, but you have to be careful with that because if you deduct a loss in too many years, then the IRS is going to be like, okay, no, you are a hobby and you'll never be able to have a loss again. Mm. So that's kind of where the difference comes in. It's really not that much of a difference at all. So yeah, from day one, you are legit.
0: Yeah. So do you suggest that, because I know a lot of times people don't know where to go. You know, this is very new to them. They're like, okay, sole proprietor, LLC, corporate, you know, like, uh, where do you start and how do you know you're making the best decision for your company's
1: growth? Definitely start at your state's secretary of state website. There's usually a link or um, some kind of button there that's like, start a business. And it will kind of tell you, what you need for each type mm. and the cost and all that.
0: Yeah. So is LLC typically the, the better way to go over being a sole proprietor?
1: Even well, if you I are,
0: mean, you know, a, a sole LLC member?
1: Not always. It really depends. And this is kind of the difference. The The main difference between an LLC and a sole proprietor, pretty much the only difference is the limited liability. It's called LLC which means limited liability company and so basically what that means is if someone sues you or um, Or you default on a loan Then they cannot come after your personal assets Like your house and your car and your personal bank accounts now the catch with that is you definitely want to have your bank accounts separate because a good lawyer If you're sitting there mixing your business and personal, a good lawyer would be like, wait, they are not separate. So we can go after their home assets and their house and their car. So that's the difference. Um, I would say always start out as a sole proprietor and you don't really have to do anything for that. I mean, the second that you sell anything, you're automatically a sole proprietor. Mm. Um, And then, of course, you do want to look at the Secretary of State website to see if in your county or your city, you need to have an additional license to sell anything. That's kind of like separate. But according to like the IRS and the state, as soon as you start selling something, you're sole proprietor. And so different states have different costs to become an LLC. So like, I think in California, it's like $800 per year. And in Florida, it's 50. it's stupid cheap in Florida. It's like, it's like actually
0: $50. yeah. It's actually one of the reasons I started my business in Florida. I was actually living in Maryland at the time, and I knew I was going to be making the move to Florida within the next year. So I flew to Florida and got a UPS mailbox so I could have you know an official address. And I started the company in Florida because it was so much cheaper than doing it in Maryland. And I knew, of course, like this was my long term. Goal, but yeah it is a significant cost difference yes. i had no idea california was so
1: crazy but of
0: course they are
1: <laughs> of course <laughs> yeah so that's that's definitely one of the considerations that you want to make you know i always say start start out as a sole proprietor you know check to make sure that you have all the licenses you need if you need extra most states you don't um and then Once you realize that you basically have proof of concept and you're like, you know what, this is, you know, going to be my business and you start getting bigger and bigger, or you want to take a loan out, you know, those are the types of things that you want to think about. And then of course that you want to know the cost of how much it's going to actually cost you to become an LLC. Right, right.
0: Okay. So rolling into the questions I'm sure everyone wants to know about and is, you know, always trying to cover their bases on. taxes. (laughs) What do we need to know about taxes such as how much to put aside?
1: So the general consensus is 30%. And the reason is because if you are an LLC or if you are a sole proprietor, your business is going to roll into your personal taxes. So everything's going to be kind of meshed together. It's funny because they make such a stink about separate everything, but then when you go to do your taxes, everything's like (laughs) meshed. Yeah, it makes it it really difficult to know um, how much you're going to pay overall as a family Mm. uh, with taxes. So they say 30% of your income. So that's um, 15.3% is going to be what your business is going to pay. So if you're, this is what I do. I kind of just, because, you know, my husband has a W-2 job, so he does withholding. Mm. So the difference here is, let me, let me back up a second. So withholding, if when you have a regular job and you get a paycheck, you have withholding, which is basically prepayments of your income tax. Right. Whereas when you own a business, you don't have that. And that's why a lot of business owners end up paying because you're not prepaying anything. Right. So it's important to estimate that. And the the amount that your business is going to pay is 15.3. That's the self-employment tax rate. Yeah. So then...
0: I could see, like if you're not putting that aside and you get hit at the end of the year with oh, taxes, yeah. <laughs> you're
1: like... Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, if you just kind of want to worry about your business and then, you know, because your spouse has... Um, a W-2 job, or you have another part-time job where you're getting a paycheck, then a lot of times you're kind of, you know, meeting the prepayments where you're not necessarily going to have to pay, but in your business, you're always going to have to pay. Right. So 15.3 is what your business is going to pay. And then they say to add, um, 10% for your personal, So that's like for the W-2 job, if you if you didn't withhold enough or if you have other income, there's just so many variables. So it's difficult to estimate that. And then five percent if you have state taxes. Now, some states don't like Florida does not have state income tax. So we don't have to. worry about about that. Not Not going to hit on it. (laughs) Generally, as long as you have, if you're looking at at your business as a separate entity and you're like, okay, my business is going to pay 15.3% of the profit. Mm. So you definitely want to be keeping track of your income. Definitely want to be keeping track of your expenses. And then that profit 15.3% of that, your business is going to pay in taxes. And then you have the complication of your personal. So that's the story there, yeah. So that's where the 30% comes from.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Thank you for for breaking that down in a really easy way. Should we be submitting quarterly taxes or just wait until tax time?
1: So the rule is if you are going to pay $1,000 in taxes, you should be submitting quarterly estimated tax payments. So that 15.3% multiplied by your profit, if that equals $1,000 or more, I would say yes, you need to be doing quarterly tax payments. But of course, it also integrates with your personal. So if your spouse is withholding like, you know, a lot yeah, to kind of balance you're it out. Owing right, so but I always I always just want the business to be separate. So I say if fifteen point three percent times your profit is a thousand dollars or more for the year, yeah, then yes, you definitely want to be submitting quarterly estimated tax payments. Can you get a fine if you don't submit them quarterly? You can usually the first year, they'll uh, waive it, and so. You, you typically have, you know, if, if you did not owe last year, yeah. then you might be okay this year. But yeah. if you see that you're going to hit that $1,000, you're going to want to look into it. Just to avoid that. A lot of times you can waive it the first year, depending on how much it is. Uh, but if you just want to be safe, then once you're getting close to that $1,000, you're going to want to check it out. Yeah. Start yeah. researching and stuff. Yeah. So you touched
0: on the importance of tracking and invoices and income. Do you recommend software such as Wave or QuickBooks, or is there another method that we should be using?
1: You should definitely be using a spreadsheet if you are going to be tracking it yourself. Um, software can get so complicated. I don't even know where to start. I could I could go on, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So so softwares. Um, when, when you're using Wave, for example, you can uh, invoice people and then what your software does is it recognizes that as income. And then when someone pays that invoice, then it recognizes it as income again. Mm. And also the same thing with, with bills. So people like to input bills so that they're reminded to pay it or they're printing checks or whatever. But if you're not matching it correctly, you could be double booking your expenses. Ooh. and double booking your income which is way worse because then you're going to pay tax on that income and the IRS is not going to come back and be like oh you paid extra <laughs> because your record keeping was wrong <laughs> right oh boo so, yeah a spreadsheet is just so easy it's the easiest way to keep track of everything and then also what happens if you pay with your personal cards? so let's say you have a business bank account and all of that but then you are out and you buy something with your personal card, like it's going to happen or you pay with cash. Then you have to import that into your software. And a lot of people don't know how to do that. You, in QuickBooks, you have to do a journal entry. So a lot of people don't even know what that is. They're like, what? Yeah. What? Uh-huh. We're journaling now.
0: Yep.
1: So it gets complicated. Exactly. Just keep it simple. Do months at the top, you know, um, Enter your income on a monthly basis, enter your expenses, no matter where they came from. And the same thing with your income. Like a lot of people have multiple gateways. So if you have like Stripe and PayPal, you know, and it's all like mixed in with your software, uh, it just gets complicated. Yeah. Um, with, with a spreadsheet, you literally have the freedom to do anything and you can keep track of everything just so easily. Now,
0: let me ask you this from a personal standpoint. If I was a client and I came to you and I had a spreadsheet, what would just like make your accountant heart flutter? <laughs> like what could I do <laughs> right as a business owner to make your job easier?
1: Um, well, if you have a spreadsheet and you kind of have everything in categories, that is amazing because mm. that's that's ultimately what you want. And you don't always have to – that's the other thing with software is that – when you, when you get into a software, it has all of these categories that maybe are not relevant for your business. So I always use the example of like a hairstylist and a realtor, like a hairstylist is going to have a category that says shampoo expense. Right. You know, a realtor is not going to have that. Right. You know, but when Hopefully you, not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, they could, but they're not going to be deducting that. Right. <laughs> so in, in a software everything is just so generalized, Mm. you know, and so it's not custom and your, your categories really should be custom. And then it's your, either the software that you're using to do your taxes or the accountant that you use, it's kind of their job to figure out which category on the tax side it goes in. Um, but ultimately if you have categories that makes me happy, just, especially if they're custom categories, because then I know exactly what's going on. If you use the software and you have shampoo expense, you where are you going to put that? Like, you kind yeah. of are just like, uh, office expense. And <laughs> office then as supplies. an accountant, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then as an accountant, I'm like, wait, that's not really an office supply. That's like its own right. custom thing.
0: Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. I have to keep that as a a note. There also comes this point in a business where we just have to grow and outsource. So let me hit you with one last question, but it's going to be a two part question. Okay. How do we know when to outsource and what should we look for in a
1: CPA? So when to outsource, I would say we didn't talk about S Corp, but Once you get to a point where you're able to pay yourself a salary, so you have enough profit to pay yourself like a paycheck and you're going to pay payroll taxes, you definitely want to outsource at that point. Mm. Other than that, just because it's very complicated on the the tax side, there's extra things that you have to do for S-Corps. So once you hit that point where you're able to pay yourself a salary – after your profit and still have a profit, um, definitely outsource other than that, it's about your time. so everything is time and money, and so before you hit that point, it's a personal preference, and it really just depends on if you have enough time to do it yourself, which a lot of times if you come up with a streamlined and customized procedure for closing the month, what we call um you should be fine. You could even hire like a VA to kind of keep up with it. Uh, But I always say when you don't have time to analyze it and look at it, because you want to make your numbers work for you. You want to keep track of it, not just for taxes, but you want to keep track of it so that you can see what's going on in your business, what's working, what's not working. So if you don't have the time to analyze it, you definitely want to outsource. And then what to look for. The first thing for sure is vibes because mm-hmm. it's your accountant. They're going to be working with your money, you know, potentially paying your bills, definitely keeping track of everything. You want to make sure that you have a good vibe about them and that you feel like you could trust them. Trust the gun. Um, yes, exactly. <laughs> Other than that, I would look for credentials. Um, you know, how how much education or how much um, experience do you have to be able to do this? A lot of times I would say look for a CPA just because um, they basically have a license to protect. So they're going to be, you know, they're going to be trustworthy, right? Well, you know, there's always like those bad apples. (laughs) There's always a couple people in every profession, you know? Yes. Literally. That's why you got to go with the vibes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Refer back to step one. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. But I would say definitely look for, you know, some credentials or, um, you know, just experience. Some people don't have a CPA, but they have years and years and years of bookkeeping experience, you know? So that could work. Also in EA for taxes, that's an enrolled agent. They also have a license for taxes to do tax prep. Mm. so those are the credentials and then you also want to ask about what industry they work with because in the example before someone who works a lot with realtors may not know like the ins and outs of a hairstylist business right so you want to ask about the industry and that way you know you know that they're familiar with your type of business
0: cuz then they're helping you get the the best return essentially and making sure your money game is right.
1: Exactly, exactly. And also helping you to understand like the other side of it mm. which is, you know, um analyzing your profit for you as the business owner as opposed to just for taxes.
0: Yes. You definitely want to
1: be looking at your numbers and, you know, realizing how your decisions are affecting your profit.
0: Ooh, good way to look at that. I love it. <laughs> Alexis, this has been so informative. I know our audience is going to want to learn more.
1: Where can they go to connect with you further? So everything for me is on com, and it's spelled A-L-E-X-I-S-K-R-Y-S-T-I-N-A. You can get to my podcast on there. I have a couple freebies that you can get on there. And that is going to be the best way to connect with me.
0: Perfect. I will be sure to link that in the episode notes. Thank you so much for sharing your passion with us. I think all business owners can walk away from this episode feeling a little bit more prepared for not only tax time, but what to look for in accounting and maybe not think of it in such a scary light. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I feel so much more prepared to take on my taxes this year and this coming year with all these great tips that Alexis provided us. If you want to connect with Alexis further, I've linked her social channels and website on this week's. I've linked her social channels and website on this week's episode notes found on MindBizLife.com. And if something resonates with you today, I invite you to share this episode with a friend or screenshot and share it on social media. Tag me in it at MindBizLife and I will share that with the community. I'll see you back here on Friday for an episode of Fuel Your Life Friday or next week for another conversation. Until then, remember, every level of life is an opportunity to grow. Be well, my friend.